2: I thought the fourth estate was time.
1: That's the fourth dimension. I thought the
0: fourth
2: estate was Georgia. With Granny and Bischoff. No, not state. A state. You thought I was saying
1: we're the state of Georgia? The Browns beat the Bengals 32-13 to 13 last night. Cincinnati didn't score until the fourth quarter. It was uh, more of a blowout than that, which means... Bengals are four and four. The Browns are three and five. Uh, Do you believe either of these teams are going to the playoffs? I mean, I believed last week
0: since he was the third best team in the AFC. (laughs) Still believe that? (laughs) No, no. Now I have to go to another team. I have to go to Baltimore. Each
1: week now I have to change like I did last year. Um, To uh, put aside the real life conversations and just talk about football on this, are the Browns going to be good when Deshaun Watson comes back? Ooh.
0: Like they're three and oh. five, and
1: Oof. I believe is it three more games until he's back. Like if they, <laughs> <laughs> yes, big fan. Ed's,
2: Ed's over there taking off a shoe to count with his <laughs> fingers and toes.
1: So if they are uh, four and six when he comes back, is that? An, I mean, they'll be sort of in the hunt at four and six. They'll obviously have to do pretty well to finish. I mean, the how season. is this guy going to look? That's the. Yeah, what would he look like after all this time? And all those you know, when, massages when
0: he left. Uh, well, he'll be you know he'll be muscled out. I mean, his, his muscles will be fine. He'll be uh, all <laughs> torqued out. But um, no, I mean when he left, he was a top five quarterback
1: in the league. And it's a season and a half. Yeah, we're, we're talking about basically close to two years since he's played a competitive NFL game. I think it's a fair question. I j- again just from the football side of it, I don't know. Like there. Maybe he comes back and he's who he was and he's a top five quarterback, and the Browns are, you know, making a push to the playoffs, and all of a sudden they're a wild card team, and it's like, wow, they might win the AFC. Yeah. Maybe he comes back and he kind of sucks, right? Maybe it's like, ah, eh, it's going to take a year or something. I have no idea. Like, because how many times have we seen a guy not play for a year and a half Who is a top five player? Right. Who's at the top of the sport not play right. for a year and a half and then come back? Like, it's just, like it just. Different sport, but in baseball, yeah, Peyton Manning, but like in baseball, like Justin Verlander did it, but everybody's like, holy hell, how did Justin Verlander do this? Like it's a massive anomaly when you don't play for more than a season and come back and you're still who you were before. So I think it's a fair question completely about the Browns. One thing on the actual game. I absolutely loved that the Browns scored their first touchdown of the game on a formation that had seven offensive linemen and then went for two and they brought in an eighth offensive lineman and chubb scored both oh yeah and they just here, yes. here's the oh. one was a direct snap the other one i think they handed off but both of them was just like here's nick chubb and every offensive lineman on the roster good luck right <laughs> is, is this is the second octopus of the season right did they
2: do it again? Or did they do it earlier before? No, no. Uh, Travis ETN earlier. So we
1: have thus oh. far, we have two oh, players. Did it right. with eight? Yes,
2: we have two players who have scored eight total oh, points. Oh, you're
1: doing. I see what you're doing. Okay. Right. I thought you were saying octopus and then eight offensive linemen on the field. No, 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 no. You're doing octopus and no touchdown. That's, the, that's what it's called conversion. when
2: you score the touchdown, yeah, then yeah. you
1: score the two-point conversion. That's a fun name. I like that a lot. But I, what we need to have a name like octopus for eight offensive linemen. Kind of <laughs> I, a fat octopus. I, Well, they call what they call six jumbo. That was eight. We've we've added two more to jumbo.
2: My favorite thing ever was when Andy Reid would bring in Danny Shelton to run fullback and do a fullback dive like... Okay.
1: Can we all right. jump
2: on his back, everyone? <laughs> all right.
1: The Browns shouldn't do this because they have Nick Chubb. A team without a great running back. Eight offensive linemen. Defensive tackle takes the direct snap and runs forward, right? We that can make be hilarious. that happen. That'd be, and, and then
0: just push him from behind.
1: Make it 10 offensive linemen, right? <laughs> line, some of them up, line one of them up as no. like an up back. <laughs> just 10 <laughs> offensive linemen. Somebody's defensive tackle just run forward. The,
2: the swing tackle goes in motion. Yes. Yeah, yes. 100%. <laughs>
0: What do you think
1: fans sitting courtside at the Nets Pacers game last night wore shirts saying fight anti-semitism. This is following Kyrie Irving's suite promoting an anti-semitic documentary. Um, There was nothing else from that story, just that there were fans showing up and wearing those t-shirts. However, I did miss this. This is from the weekend. This is a quote from Steve Nash when asked about Kyrie Irving and how it's affecting the team. He said, I don't think our group is overly affected by the situation. We've had so many situations over the last two and a half years. I think we've kind of built an immunity to some of it. Uh, so, the head coach. S- I mean, Steve Nash basically Steve- said, because of the pandemic, our players aren't phased by one of their teammates tweeting yeah. out anti-Semitic, uh, yeah. or anti-Semitism. semitic or
2: anti Is he saying because of the pandemic or is he saying because we've
1: had to live with Kyrie, Kyrie? Irving for the last... we? Uh, I think he's saying both. In all okay. honesty, I think he's, I think saying, he's saying, saying
0: more so Kyrie.
1: I think he's saying, "Hey, we've dealt with a lot in two and a half years. There's been a pandemic. <laughs> also, Kyrie, this isn't the first time yes. he's done something we've right. had to answer for." Kevin comes into practice, and
2: I go, "Kevin, did you hear what Kyrie said?" And He goes, "I, mm, I don't want to hear it. <laughs>
1: I don't care anymore." Like that. That to me, that quote in itself is enough to not have Kyrie Irving on your basketball yeah. team. When you can say, we've dealt with things like this so much for that, two and we're, and a half that years. we're numb to it. Why is that guy on your yeah. basketball team? Like when you've got to answer questions about, well, he tweeted out this anti-Semitic documentary, and then your answer is, well, we've dealt with this before. How's yeah. that guy still on the
2: team? I I mean, I also am kind of confused as to, you play for the Brooklyn Nets! What population of fans do you think are going to be coming to your games? That's like playing for the Raptors and being like, I hate Canadians.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question.
1: Kawhi Leonard did not play last night. He will miss the next two games. Uh, knee management is what the Clippers are calling it. Yeah, he's coming back is... from an ACL tear. I think this is
0: bad. I think this is bad for them. I don't think he's already missed twice this season. I just don't think the ACL is a... Is, uh is healed and I wouldn't I mean I'm not saying more surgery but this could be a, this could be you know early on they said well they're gonna
1: manage him so he's ready for the playoffs I'm not so sure this. is, a lot, this. More this is a lot more than that. This is a lot more than that. This is a lot more than that. So if he does, in fact, miss the next two games, he will have played two of nine games right. to start the season. That's that's more knee management. Right. That's Sorry. not... Kn- knee management? Hey, he's coming back from an ACL tear. Well, is, knee
0: management is you don't play back-to-back.
1: Right. And like, hey, you're going to take every fourth game off right. or something, right. even if it's not a back-to-back, right? Hey, our schedule's a little congested. We're going to give you a couple days off. It's not you're going to take seven of the first nine right. games yeah. off. That's, I think there's something more to that. Right. So... Genuine concern, I think, for what Kawhi Leonard is going to be able to do this absolutely. season, absolutely. Because, and to be fair, there was there should have been concern ahead of time, given how little he's played over the last few years. But genuine concern about how much he's going to be able to contribute, um, and how good he's going to be when yeah. he does, like when he does actually play. Is he? And he's gonna when he does actually play. What is he gonna play? Twenty minutes, right? And is there is there even a path to Kawhi Leonard being able to play forty minutes in the playoffs? Not if
0: if we're seeing what we're seeing right
1: now. If we're talking about, hey, he's going to play two out of every nine games, and both games it was like 20 minutes or something like that. He's Mm -hmm. not going to ratchet up and get to 40. Can the Clippers – is there some way the Clippers can blaze a path for him to be a a 40-minute-a-night guy in the postseason? I don't know if it would be a 40-minute guy again. Yeah, He's had a lot of injuries, a lot of knee stuff.
2: Will this Clippers team be like – one of the teams that should have won a championship, but just never could be healthy at the same time. I mean, I think a lot of those preseason predictions assumed
1: he was okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because if he's not okay, you're not picking him to win the title. Yeah. You have, we talked about it. If you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as your top two, you've got a legitimate chance to win the title. Mm -hmm. And then their depth is probably the best in the, in the NBA. So like, that's a legitimate NBA title team. But if Kawhi Leonard's having to manage his knee, 90% of the games, then you don't actually have Kawhi Leonard. By the way, Paul George hit a three to tie the game (laughs) with 40 seconds left and then a jumper to win the game in the last, whatever, five seconds. He scored the last five points of the game for the Clippers. He's a bad team. Yeah, to win that game. Happy to move on to to
0: the next question here, Aaron.
1: All right, I've got two quotes to read you from a fun story. Mississippi State's athletic director John Cohen is leaving to take the athletic director job at Auburn. First fun detail, Mississippi State plays Auburn in football this weekend. Uh, Auburn is awful, just terrible this year. So Mississippi State, I think they're like a 12-point favorite or something like that. But the first one, this is a tweet from Mississippi State's radio play-by-play announcer, Matt Wyatt. The selfishness and disrespect to qu- required to pull off this move at this time with state staff and football teams set to play Auburn this week is something I'll never forget. Because I've never seen anything like it. A new low for the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. Unbelievably uh, dramatic and from it the was radio, a radio play. From the play, play by that. play every Unbelievably dramatic about an AD taking a job in yes. a better athletic department. Like, I mean, Auburn's bad at football this year, but they're a they're better, better, better athletic, athletic department, department yes, than Mississippi State, State is. The other one is Mike Leach. Got asked yesterday how he would pitch Mississippi State to a potential new athletic director. He said, "It's a great place. It's not perfect. I would definitely purge a couple, but not very many, <laughs> which is a, which is a lot less than most places." I love him. <laughs> He's perfect. <laughs> He's it definitely is definitely perfect. I, it is the I, most honest answer that I think you yes. could get out of a coach. It was like, "Hey, I like it here. There's some parts that suck. We need to get rid of this restaurant down the street." But I like it here, so come on. Oh, I also thought maybe I, I, oh. was, ho-
0: I was hoping he was saying I was purged a couple people. Oh, no, uh, probably. Uh, like, yeah. you know, There's a couple, you know, Jimmy in the athletic department. I don't <laughs> see him working at Have all. Have you
2: met my SID? <laughs> Kid's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
1: The Sixers had two picks taken away. They lost two second-round picks because they were tampering with free agents before the legal window to talk to free agents. Danielle House and P.J. Tucker. Were those free agents? Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported yesterday the Knicks are, or the NBA is also looking to the Knicks for their signing of Jalen Brunson. This is something that happens pretty much by every team in the yeah, NBA every single all the time. year, where there's a there's a there's a start date for when you can talk to free agents. But we always have reports about Jalen Brunson specifically. The Knicks are going to offer Jalen Brunson blank or whatever. Like we have reports about free agents signing before the legal tampering period, and so. They investigated the Sixers, took away two second-round picks. They're going to investigate the Knicks here. I guess the question is, are they going to be able to punish every single team in the NBA for this, or is this going to be a random selective punishment?
0: Seems like random, given you say everyone's done it and not yeah. everyone gets punished.
1: But I guess going into the future, are they going to be able to do this on a consistent basis, mm. or is it just going to be, eh, we caught who we I caught? I think
0: it's who you caught who you caught.
1: Yeah. I, Don't you? I would guess so, too, but it's just a, it's a weird thing where it's like, everyone knows everyone is doing it. And only a few get yeah. punished. It's like if you're all, if everybody on the road is speeding 12 miles an hour over the speed limit. And, and he picks and one. One guy gets pulled. It's and basically what it is. Right.
2: And, well, and then you even go as far as to call it the legal speeding zone. <laughs> because don't they call it the legal tampering <laughs> period? That's,
1: that's the thing, though. They're doing it before. They, they made the legal tampering period, and teams still do it before the legal tampering period. It's great. Great question. Also wanted to get this before we go to break. Uh, The Spurs released Joshua Primo, who was their first round pick in 2021. Uh, First, when it happened, Primo put out a statement saying he wanted to focus on his mental health. Now, Primo has been accused of exposing himself to a female employee of the Spurs. uh, And that female employee has hired Tony Busby uh, to represent her. So there's a lot of unknown parts of this story. But it's, it certainly raised everybody's eyes to be like, oh, they released a first-round pick who's played one year in the league and, like, not a trade, nothing, just straight up, see you later. Certainly raised some red flags as to why that would happen, and then you get the report about exposing himself to a female employee. Maybe that's the end of the story. Maybe there's more to it. But... Maybe there are mental health issues. Yeah. So there's a lot going on here for the Spurs to do that. He did um, clear waivers. No NBA team. No other NBA team put in a claim on him yesterday. So he did clear waivers, but the Spurs released a first round pick and we'll see where it goes from here. And if Joshua Primo has an NBA career at any point in the future. All right, coming up next, we will jump into some college football.
0: An apology will not get the job done in this instance. Uh, There should be serious consequences uh, for the, the many individuals that are culpable. And on behalf of the 2022 Michigan football team, our players, our coaches, our staff, our university um, this has been a very traumatic experience.
3: We're deeply sorry to both universities, the conference, our fans, alumni, supporters, and of course, all of our student-athletes, past and present.
0: It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: I'm assuming that was Harbaugh and Mel Tucker on the Michigan State-Michigan fight yes. in the tunnel? Uh, I saw one of the Michigan State players that got suspended, hired an attorney. Hired an attorney, yeah. And the attorney says his uh, that player suffered a concussion in the tunnel. I Obviously, more stuff probably happened that wasn't on video. I didn't see a single Michigan State player get hit or fall or anything like no, that. No, I
0: saw the Michigan player <laughs> down on the <laughs> yes. ground.
1: So I'm curious as to when uh, that concussion actually happened. Also, if you just played a football game, How do you prove the concussion happened in the tunnel and not while you were playing football? (laughs) It's a good point. Like, you got to go back through the film and see if the kid took any hits. Right. So uh, not a great scene for Michigan State. No. um, After a loss in a rivalry game. And we'll see if anything else actually happens there. Now, UNLV football, they play San Diego State this weekend. UNLV off their bye, sitting at four and four and a chance to win two of the last four. Get bowl eligible for the first time since 2013. Doug Brumfield should play this weekend, right?
0: Should play. He's back on the uh, practice field uh, supposedly this week, and he's back number one on the depth chart.
1: Yep. Which, if you if we're going by clues from the last couple of weeks, because here's the thing: Marcus Arroyo has never officially declared him out or officially said he's playing. Right? He's always been, hey, he's day to day. Day to day. But if we're going by clues, Brumfield was not at practice the last two weeks when he missed, and he was not listed on the depth chart when he missed the last two games, now that he's back on the depth chart and Paloma Viacana reported yesterday, he was at practice. I would assume that means he's going to play against San Diego state. Is it as simple as Doug Brumfield plays UNLV wins? I don't know if it's that simple. San Diego state's
0: still six and a half point favorite, but if you watch San Diego state, just fall apart against Fresno uh, in just dramatic fashion. uh, I think UNLV with Doug Brumfield has a really good chance to go in there and win. So San Diego State really did a, score some
1: points in that game, though. They
0: did. They now have a quarterback who can throw from more than three yards. <laughs> Wait, is it the safety? <laughs> I, I don't think it's a safety. This kid's really... is a, he's, an he's actual a, quarterback. He's got a tricky body. Tricky he's, um, body. He's he's bigger than a safety. He's a huge kid. Uh, so my guess is it's not the safety. But he threw for a lot of yards. Uh, they just... I mean, they just fell apart in, in ridiculous Asgag fashion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think if Brumfield plays... I think
1: they have a real chance. The How good will Brumfield be? That, that I think, is a a very, very good question. Because Doug Brumfield, in the first five games of the year, really outside of the Cal game, right? Doug Brumfield was excellent. He struggled a little bit against Cal, and he was under probably the most pressure he'd been the entire season from a defensive line. But he was excellent, right? Best quarterback in the Mountain West, or him and Jay Kaner, who also got hurt, Right one of the top two guys in this conference, easily. And you could even extend it to, hey, he's maybe one of the 30 best quarterbacks in the country or something like that. He was phenomenal. And then we saw Cameron Friel and Harrison Bailey, and neither one of those guys is very good, right? They got below average quarterback play yeah. with Brumfield out. So the difference there is substantial from Friel and Bailey to Doug Brumfield. But are we getting... Doug Brumfield that we saw in the first five games coming off a concussion. I do think it's obviously going to be better than the other two, no matter what. I think that's a fair point. Obviously, neither one of us are doctors and neither one of us know the extent of Doug Brumfield's concussion, but it certainly appears as though UNLV played it extremely cautious, held him out of the Notre Dame game, looked at it as a, hey, missed the Notre Dame game. We have a bye week. You've got plenty of time to get ready. For the last four games of the season, it appears as though they were very cautious, which would lead you to optimism that he'll be who he was to start the season because he's not in any way being rushed back concussion wise or just simply rushed back into a game week and playing, right? right? They had two weeks to prepare for this. So I think there's reason to think he'll be as good as he was to start the year. But it is a fair question because here's the other thing. That Utah State game when he got knocked out with the concussion, Brumfield only played three drives. He was bad on those three drives. Right? He missed throws on those three drives, right? Got knocked out with the concussion afterwards, but for the three drives he played was not very good against a defense that's not fine, very good. but not like top of the mountain. Right. West. San right. Diego State's is going to be much better. Much better defense. Right. So that's, that's the big question in this game, and I don't think it's as simple as Brumfield's back UNLV wins, but I do think it's as simple as Doug Brumfield of the first five games plays. They win the game. Yeah, I think they win. If Doug Brumfield is that quarterback, I think they win this game. I don't think there's. Oh, I do too. Like San Diego State's not scary enough. No, to where they're you better are
0: defensively than Utah State. Right, they're going to be better. He's going to have to play well. That's the that's what you, your point is is correct in that he just can't show up. Yes, I mean he
1: has to play well against them for them to win down there. I'll have to look up. Um, some of the analytical numbers on San Diego state. I wonder if they're the best defense outside of Notre Dame. Obviously I wonder if they're the best defense, you know, he's going to play this year. I don't know. Cal. I don't know. They might be better than Cal. I don't know. Cal's a middle of the road, maybe below average pac 12 team. So I I wonder if they're better because it might be again, obviously outside of Notre Dame, this might be the biggest test defensively that Doug Brumfield. I mean, I think Hayner threw for four plus. Yeah.
2: It's very
0: good.
1: So that's pretty good. Yeah. So how about poor San Diego state and their scheduling? The two best quarterbacks in the conference both yeah. get injured and, and they, they both come back, back, back. <laughs> against San Diego state. <laughs> <And laughs> one's coming like a buy, Right. If they're like, hey, if we had played these guys two weeks earlier, we yeah, wouldn't have had to play either exactly. one of these quarterbacks. <laughs> they're going to play Harrison Bailey. <laughs> would have been two free wins against Fresno's backup and whoever Marcus Arroyo trotted out there. So Doug Brumfield probably coming back. We assume he's coming back and UNLV having a legitimate chance to win this game. And. So let me ask you this on the schedule. We've talked about it the entire season. They end the season, Hawaii and Nevada. And we've talked about how those aren't necessarily two guaranteed wins, right? You got to go to Hawaii. Nevada's a rivalry game. But those are two bad teams. And no matter what happens in these next two games, if Brumfield's healthy, you know, he's going to be favored against Hawaii and they're going to be favored against Nevada. Most likely. Do you think they need to win one of the next two, though, to kind of guarantee their bowl spot? Do they need to beat either San Diego State or Fresno State?
0: I don't think so. I think those other two are bad enough to where even if you lose this next to him, Broughville's still playing. He doesn't yeah. get hurt again. Let's just put right. that out there. Exactly. He, he has to play. Um, Caleb Herring made a good point yesterday. Hawaii is bad, and we, you and I have talked about this. That's a weird trip. It's always a weird trip. I don't care who's better. It's always strange to go there, make that travel. It's a long way. There's something about that place that you know, even the best team doesn't always win. So maybe – winning the next one of the next two would really help them. I just think Hawaii and Nevada are bad enough to where if you lose the next two, you should still be in pretty good shape right. to win the
1: last two and be bowl eligible. It feels very much to me like um, a team that's in a seven-game playoff series that goes up like 3 nothing, right? And then like you only have to win right. one of four games to win that series. And, okay, you lose the first one, not a big deal. You lose the second one, okay. And then all of a sudden you're in a game six and then you're in a game seven. And it's like, oh, we've, we've got to do this, right? Yeah. Like you're still expected to do it. If they are four and six going into those last two, we're still going to be talking about, oh, they're expected to do this. But it puts a lot of pressure on two games that are, I mean, it's the two biggest rivalry games that UNLV plays. Not that Hawaii is this crazy, hate each other rivalry, but it's the two biggest rivalry games they play. All of a sudden, there's just a lot of pressure on you to... Oh, there's a lot of pressure if they're four and six. Right. There's a lot of pressure on you to be Absolutely. perfect. You don't have to be perfect to beat those teams, but be perfect in the wins-losses right, to get to a bowl game. Because two months ago, if you and if you told me UNLV was going to finish with five wins, I would have said, hell of a season, right? Probably going to be a little bit of a disappointment because five is one away from a bowl game, but hell of a season. But if you told me right now this team finishes five and seven, that's that's a failed season, right? Like, I mean, we adjust our expectations as the season goes on. Yeah, they were four and one at one, right? Point. To then if they finish five and seven, so there will be quite a bit of pressure on Marcus Arroyo and the team if they are four and six. If so four and six. I don't think they need it like the team that's up three and and0 Obviously, you don't need to win any of the first game four, game five, game six, but it just would eliminate a lot of pressure if they can go if they can be five and five going into the last two. All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Brissett shotgun from inside the five at the four and a half takes the snap. Looking, he's got Cooper left corner caught it touchdown. Cooper is another guy you're
2: talking about there, but another pro's pro. He shows up,
1: gets his work done, uh, leads by example. We are back to the press box with Grady and Bishop. We do not have Charles McDonald. Hopefully, we'll get him in the very near future. Um, today is the NFL trade deadline though. Um, do you think anybody significant yeah. traded the rest of the day? We've had some trades so far. Ropon Smith got moved, right? Yeah. We've had McCaffrey Ropon Smith traded yesterday. You think anybody significant goes? Not to the Raiders. <laughs> uh, I'm curious if the Browns find a trade partner for Kareem hunt. Uh, Obviously, he played last night, but I'm curious if they find anything for Kareem Hunt, if anybody's actually willing to give something up for Kareem Hunt that is trade worthy. Um, That's an interesting one. I saw reports yesterday that people were calling the Colts about Naheem Hines, who is their backup, who also returns kicks or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm just curious to see what moves are actually made. And if anything significant happens, because... We've seen some defensive players like Oroquan Smith uh, get traded, but like McCaffrey gets moved as well. It's not the NBA. It's not Major League Baseball. I'm curious if anything else important actually happens. This
0: doesn't, it's, you almost have to be reminded it's the trade deadline in the NFL. Right. It's It's just not as sexy. It's not as uh, popular or, or, you know, I, I read Gelkin the other day about the Cowboys. You know, being interested in all these people and I forgot it was even the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. It's I wonder why it is that there's not a hey uh, why isn't there not like an excitement? I mean there's not there's so few big names right. that move. There's not many big moves. You know, the NBA you have teams that are very clearly, you know, giving up on their season that'll move their best players or guys that'll fit on other teams. Major league baseball's in the same situation. Does the NFL not have enough just truly out of it teams? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I
0: I don't know if they just don't want to move their best guys because, like you just said, they they think they're in it till the end, or they think there's a chance for a wild card or whatnot. Um, I don't know why. I just think you know, it's of the three uh, of the four major sports, it's the most least desirable uh, trade deadline to me in terms of news. Yeah, thanks, thanks to the
1: Golden Knights, the NHL trade deadline is always fun. You have to keep
0: it. <laughs> you have to keep track of them. Who knows what they're going to do?
1: It's just, I mean. Looking through it, like right now, trying to find teams that aren't any good. um, Just looking at pure playoff chances, according to Football Outsiders, Chicago has a 4% chance. Detroit has a 3% chance. Carolina has a 3% chance. Arizona only has a 7% chance. Wow, that seems really low. Um, Pittsburgh's at 4%. Houston's at 3%. The Raiders are still even at 12%. So there's only really a handful of teams That are in single-digit playoff percentage-wise. Now, obviously, the Raiders at 12 percent—they're not making the playoffs. But I don't know. To me, it's just maybe it's because there's so few games in the NFL that it's very easy to convince yourself, like the Bears, even though they have traded away two players. It's very easy to convince yourself if you're three and five right now. Oh, we're in this. We just we just need to rip off like three wins in a row. We're we're in the playoff picture, right? And we got this. So we're not going to trade away whatever asset, whereas in, you know, baseball, the trade deadline comes when everybody's played like a hundred games or something. Yeah. And like, all right, you yeah. kind of know one way or the other at that You're point. You're 17 games behind the division yes. leader. You're not making the playoffs. So,
0: well, it could be 22 games behind the division leader, make the playoffs and then <laughs> and beat be second? the division leader. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that could happen. And then losing the playoffs. And, you that know, could happen. It does happen. But it's, I think there's, I think part of it's a, we're not giving up on the season type mentality. Whereas by the way, to give credit to the bears, they have traded away two defensive players, despite being three and five. And while they don't have very good odds to do it, they have the same record as the Packers. Right. And the Packers certainly aren't, although that'd be funny if they did, but the Packers certainly aren't selling today. No. So I think it is very much a, Hey, we can convince ourselves we're in it, but it also, but the bears like that's, that's, I think one of the keys when it comes to, being a front office and sort of running a team, do you sort of stick to your plan even if your team might have a sliver right. of a hope? It, to use baseball against example, the, the Orioles did that this year, right? The Orioles were they got hot right before the trade deadline. They were right there in the wild card picture before the trade deadline and they stayed in it until the last, whatever it was, two weeks of the season. But the Orioles still traded away their closer. They still traded away Trey Mancini. Like they trade they moved the guys Brewers did as well. Right. even though they were in the playoff picture, right. yeah. Josh Hader got traded by the Brewers. And I think that's a key. If you're running an organization to be like, all right, maybe we've exceeded expectations a little bit this year and we could make the playoffs, but it's not about this year, right? Like the Orioles weren't going to win the world series this year. Maybe I shouldn't say that because the Phillies are <laughs> three wins away from winning it, despite being the worst team in the postseason. Like. The Orioles, though, they weren't going to win the World Series. Right. So it's a matter of, okay, our plan was to be good in 20, whatever their plan is, 2023, 2024, or 2024, 2024. Or whatever that is. So we're not going to let uh 20% chance of making the postseason this year Stop change our term plan, change our, pl- our right. so long-term goals. I uh, applaud the Bears for doing that because the Bears aren't doing anything this season. They're not going to win anything this year. Yeah. So they're, they're, why would you hold on to guys? Because the whole Roquan Smith thing is he's in the final year of his deal. So he's got to, they got to pay him after this. So right. if you're not going to pay him, they got a second round pick for him. Yeah. Well, that's a no brainer. If you get a second round yes. pick for him. All right. We've only got a few minutes here, but Charles McDonald, what's up, Charles? How are you? Hey, Charles.
3: Hey guys. Sorry. I misplaced my phone somewhere.
1: Right. My fault. Did you leave it on the subway and the homeless guy had it 20 stops away?
3: No, not this time. This time I uh, I just left it like underneath some no. cabinet.
1: Happens. All right. Uh, important question: Have you ever been fired by text and gotten a thumbs up emoji?
3: Um. No, not my, not by text. Uh, <laughs> no, but when I when I did uh, I well, I I used to work in a gym back in the day. Uh and one time my my boss would always just leave for like months at a time and take the keys with him, right? Uh, Because he was scared that, you know, I was just, me or someone else was just going to steal stuff from him, but behind that cabinet where he would take his keys was also the toilet tissue. Uh, So one time, you know, someone came in and they had to use the bathroom. I couldn't get any (laughs) tissue paper for them, so I broke the door down and I got the tissue paper and I got fired when he got back.
1: (laughs) Did he give you a physical thumbs up when he fired you? (laughs) Yes.
3: well, no, because I first he said, you know, I got to let you go. So I walked out to my car, right? And then he said, uh, wait, I need the keys. So <laughs> then I gave him the keys and then he gave me a thumbs up emoji and went back.
1: Inside. <laughs> pretty good. Um, all right. Very important question for you. How do you feel about the first place Atlanta Falcons?
3: Um, They're fun. Like all I wanted this year was for them to be watchable. I. Uh, I feel like we got that, you know, that's, that's really all I wanted. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they've been as competent as uh, they've been so far. I think That's actually a great sign for next year because, uh, you know, they're four and four with about $80 million in debt cap. So this isn't what this team is going to look like next year. They should be a lot better next year. So uh, I, I, I think it's, it's been fun. You know, this team hasn't played a playoff game in five years. Uh, obviously it takes the bucks just being terrible to kind of get to this point, but, I, uh, I don't know. I know it's a rebuilding year, but anytime your team's in playoff position, that's kind of cool. So I'll, I'll take it for what it is, and uh just got to know when we lose in the wild card around forty-five to fourteen, <laughs> it'll still a fun regular season.
0: Do you think uh, it was a one-off with the Raiders looking that bad, or do you think they should be concerned that that's what's going to see going forward?
3: I mean, anytime you can't get past like the fifty-yard line the entire game, you should be really concerned. Um, but I. I I think, like, you just look at most teams in general, even the bad ones, like scoring zero points is always kind of an outlier performance in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if it's just, like, uh, they maybe it was, like, playing a, a 1 o'clock game uh, on the East Coast. Maybe that bothered them a little bit. But uh, I think the concerning part is <laughs> you're at the point in the season where, uh, unfortunately, like you're already at the point in the season where you need to stack these wins. So uh, anytime you're losing something, Something that bad is, or really any game at this point, is going to be uh, uh, pretty frustrating for the Raiders and their fans uh, because this was supposed to be a team that had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and now uh, at this point in the season, it, 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 mathematically, it's hard to see them even making the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if a, a zero-point loss says like, too much about what their future looks like, uh, but in the present, that's pretty damaging for their chances to get to the postseason.
1: Charles McDonald with us from Yahoo. Um, I'm curious, what record would the Raiders have to have at the end of the year for Josh McDaniels to actually get fired after his first season here?
3: Oh man, I mean, if they went like three and fourteen, I I think you have a pretty strong case to to kind of move on from him because you you've got a bunch of guys that we know are good. Uh, I I don't I don't think Derek Carr is an elite quarterback, but I certainly think he's a good a good one. You know, Devontae Adams is a superstar. Hunter Renfrow is a good player. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been on fire this year. It, if, if they end up winning like three or four games, I think you kind of have to, to talk about uh, is this the right guy to lead this because, you know, the core that you have put together uh, this off season, you don't really have many seasons to waste, and we all know that these guys are good and need to get someone to maximize it right away.
1: Well, all right, Charles. We're going to let you go now. A little short interview here, but that's okay. I'm just Thanks, glad we, I'm just glad we I'll, could ask I'll, you about I'll, the Falcons.
3: I'll be on time next week.
1: Okay, thank you, buddy, Charles. We'll give you a sure. thumbs up, Charles McDonald from thank Yahoo. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter at Uh So there's Charles. An abbreviated segment, but now we got tickets to give away. If you want to go see Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp this Friday, Pearl at the Palms, 8 p.m. show. Call in now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100. Jeff Beck and Johnny Depp this Friday. Be caller number six at 702-364-1100.
2: Based on everything I've heard, it was like all the teams that were in the postseason that year were like doing the same so i think that's also kind of why like the players like kind of had that like half apology energy when they were like apologizing all this stuff because they probably knew like man like we got caught like everyone was kind of doing this stuff live from the finley toyota
1: espn las vegas studios this is the press box with granny and bischoff lucas Giolito's always been one of my favorite players <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I didn't have to. So take people by the curtain. Sometimes I have to tell Tyler before, hey, we're coming back with this guy. Nope, nope. This one I knew. He would know the player, what they were talking about. Just put it
1: out there. Uh, Ed, do you know what happened on November 1st, this day, five years ago? Five years ago? Remember what happened five minutes ago? The Astros won game seven of the World Series in Dodger Stadium. Okay. All right. (laughs) No wonder I didn't know. (laughs) Uh, Game three. Thanks for that, buddy. Game three of the World Series was postponed yesterday due to rain. And Major League Baseball decided to push everything back a day. So that includes the travel day, which means uh, every game will be played one day later than it was originally scheduled to be played. Uh, So I don't need to find someone for you. (laughs) Massive pain for me uh, who had bought. I bought my flights in August for game six and seven of the world Boy, series confident oh, extremely confident. Yes. No doubt about it. I bought my flights in August for game six and seven, of the world series. And then they just come along and say, you know what? We're going to change the dates that those are going to be played. Tyler's Brilliant. over here going, make a play a doubleheader." I, yes. <laughs> Cause here, here was the thing yesterday when they were discussing the idea that the game might be rained out. My initial thought was, well, they'll push three, four and five back, but they'll just take away the travel day. They just won't have an off Right. Day. They will just continue it through, go straight right. through. And they'd play five games in five days. I d- right. It didn't even cross my mind that they would push back six and seven. I'd be like, Why would they do that? That would be stupid. They'll just play st- straight through. And then Rob Manfred comes on my TV and is like, well, if we do postpone it, we're going to make Friday a travel day and move six and seven to Saturday and Sunday.
2: Jesus, this is wait, he's going to make game seven a
1: Sunday. Yes. See, here's the thing. The NFL. Does he not understand people need to watch his sport? <laughs> so here's the thing. Baseball did a terrific job with this year's World Series schedule scheduling around it. They the only head to head game that they were going to have with would have been, with, been last night it would have been last night. They went the Browns? Yeah, we're yeah, good. That's right. You would have traveled on Thursday. Thursday would have been a travel day. They would, yeah. have, been, they would have, played yes, yes, have played on Saturday, Friday. Saturday, take Sunday off. Right. Play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sure, you're going head-to-head on Monday night, but you got to go head-to-head at least once. Thursday, travel day. Because here's the key. You know what the Thursday night game is this week? Philadelphia at Houston. Oh, my God. <laughs> so take Thursday off, right? Don't go head-to-head with the two teams in the same market playing a football game. And then come back play Friday, Saturday world series is over before Sunday. It was a perfect schedule for not going head to head with the NFL. Now. And again, the rain is obviously not baseball's fault, but with the rain, they were going to have to play on Thursday and go head to head with Philly, Houston, Thursday night football, but they could have kept it all together and avoided playing a a potential game. Seven would go head to head. I don't know who it is, but Sunday night football, they'll go head to head with Sunday night football. um, If it goes seven, so I don't really blame them. And here's the, in all honesty, they made the right decision to have the best World Series possible. By having a travel day. Right. Because the yeah. alternative would have been game five would end at like 1130 Eastern time, right? In Philadelphia. And then they would, both teams would have had to get on a plane. You probably don't get on the plane until 1230, one o'clock. At the earliest. You'd be getting into Houston at like, three o'clock central time and then expected to play a baseball game that same day. That's not ideal, right? For your marquee championship series to have guys traveling, getting in at 3 a.m. And then, okay, you're playing a a world series game. Right. right. So they made made the right choice in that regard, but they also made me scramble to rebook everything that I had already booked in August. Brutal. I had to pay 220 extra dollars for my flight. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't have to pay more. Yeah.
0: Given but, it's the World Series and more people would be going into Houston. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Southwest actually knows that when they set their airline prices. Uh, I would I'm hope so they sure. would. I think they. a lot of people would be buying tickets. Yeah, I think they might. I think they might know things like that. Well, it was... 220 not bad. I've got to be honest this late in the process. Yeah.
1: And then I actually ended up saving money on my Airbnb because... Did I was work with you? I was going for an extra day. Like, I was getting in a day early. Um, because they changed it, I'm just fl- I was gonna stay for three nights. Now I'm just staying for two nights, and so I saved money because I chopped the night off of my Airbnb. And they allowed stay. it. Yeah, she was. She's great. I you just go on and you put a like request to change your reservation and put the new dates. And I said, hey, I'm coming for the World Series, and they just changed the day of the games. She she like accepted it within like five minutes. Oh, nice. So yeah, I nice. was very very happy with that. Um, do I get to complain? Or do you shut me up if I complain about the rain out helping the Phillies?
0: Uh, you uh, shut up, dude.
1: Yeah, given your starting pitching. But
0: that's the that's I'm the whole worried. point. No, I just... You, oh, you're you're thinking about the Phillies side Right. The
1: Astros' biggest advantage over any team is they were the going to play pitching. is the starting pitching because the Astros have more starters than needed for a seven-game series. The Phillies have two good starters and then a third guy who's maybe good. They're, sk- they're supposed, the supposed good to throw their fourth starter. They're supposed to throw their fourth starter last night. Now they're skipping him. They're going straight to their third oh, starter man. again.
2: Think about that guy calling his dad. Dad, I'm going to pitch in the World Series.
1: <laughs> oh, I oh, guess rain. I'm not. It yeah. rained. So like, the biggest advantage the Astros have has been decreased. It's There's still an advantage, right? They're still going to have a better pitcher tonight than the Phillies should. Um, but the Phillies are now skipping who? what would have been their worst starter in game three. And going three. back to Nola. Uh, no, it's Ranger Suarez tonight, and then they go back to Nolan. in four. That's what I'm saying. They go back to Nolan. Yeah, they get back to Nolan in game four, whereas before they would have gotten back to Nolan in game five. So. Yeah, quit whining. I think I should shut up, too. Yes, I don't think it's whining. that big of a deal. You but should it, be up 2-0. But the rainout, out. They should be. The rainout definitely helps the Phillies. It, it doesn't even change. The Astros aren't even changing their rotation. No. They're just throwing the same guys. <laughs> yes. It's like we could go back to Verlander a game earlier, but their f- number four guy had like a 2.1 ERA. Yeah. So they're throwing that guy. It <laughs> literally does... No, one guy in the bullpen that threw 30 pitches on Saturday has more rest before game three. That's literally the only advantage. But, yeah, I don't think it's too big of a deal. They just do it. You yeah. know what is a big deal? Put a damn roof on these stadiums. It's what are around. we doing? It's been around for a while. Put a roof on it. Yeah, that had plenty of time to put a <laughs> roof on it. What are we doing? We've had... Multiple games postponed in the world in the postseason this because year. Because of rain. Yankees Put a damn is, roof Yankees on well. these things. Can't be that hard. You know what? It, it was raining in Houston. They got poured on in game one. No problem. We closed the roof. <laughs> okay. Put a damn roof on your stadiums. This can't be that hard. If you're going to delay the game. This is tough Philly, man. It rains, they don't want
0: that. This is tough town. They didn't Philly. even
1: play the game. They're not that tough then. <laughs>